Hi, and welcome to From Many People's Strength, the podcast that covers Saskatchewan politics and current events. My name is Corey, and my pronouns are he and him. My name is David. My pronouns are they and them, or he and him. So, and another two week break. Another two weeks, and a lot, <laughs> a lot of headlines to cover this week. So, yeah. Um, I will try and be somewhat less of my <laughs> verbose self. Maybe treat the headlines kind of like the quick looks as well as the quick looks, but we'll and see. The Sometimes the headlines like- <laughs> are are more interesting than the deeper looks. So that's true. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So uh, there was a protest up in Saskatoon about the uh, the electric vehicle tax um we've already talked about this story so I, I, like the protest um really doesn't change the story all that much um people are drawing no. attention to it um I, i'm i'm hoping the protesters remain socially distanced and masked i i am i i imagine they are from from what i've seen um but i and they talk about it you know the, this idea that um they're they're doing this to help pay for road maintenance because <laughs> you know nonsense eh? <laughs> they're not paying for the road tax in the gasoline um and they like the protester brought up the point there's 403 registered electric vehicles that's sixty thousand dollars in taxation revenue um this is not an issue yet you know and, and they say you know maybe five ten years from now we do have to have the conversation about um yeah, you know, how are we funding roads in that there was a taxation on gasoline? But that's like with a lot of our sin taxes, like our we 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 look at you know where where does revenue come from? You know, smoking is dropping, so we're losing revenue from from that. Where do right. we do we do we start implementing additional taxes on uh, like healthy eating because you know people are moving away from things that are unhealthy I, like i don't that's know that's right yeah um, the other fruit, thing i'm thinking about this tax. is like i i think you know what we should we should um encourage the sask party to follow through on the next logical thing um and, and don't think of gas you know electric vehicles as the alternative to gas just think of them as two separate streams so all gas vehicles should have 150 dollars a year additional tax to help pay for the electrical grid right because they're not yeah. they're not contributing to the electrical grid yeah so, that would actually pay for something <laughs> right so maybe should we implement an additional 150 dollars a year electrical grid tax on oh, but all all gas-powered vehicles because that would you know that would generate revenue <laughs> yeah uh, that's anyways, right this is but of course there's no way that that will happen because no god the, no the voting base would be a, a uproar in uproar about it yeah so no so, it, it's i don't even know where to this is just so ridiculous that it <laughs> it's a very silly tax yeah and i don't know i don't there's not a whole it's, lot to say it's classic <laughs> it's typical big government conservatives um trying to pick winners and losers um yeah. <laughs> right like it's yeah. everything they say they're not and it's it's they yeah. just want they yeah it 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 it's Trump style politics because it's not about actually accomplishing anything. It's about satis- <laughs> it's about satisfying a base yeah. that wants to hurt people. Yeah, right. right. Like it's not a. It, it's it's just haha. Let's stick it to the people we don't. Like. China chiropractor charged with sexual assault. Uh, two women came forward uh, on April seventh and April fourteenth about Dr. Ruben Adam Manns. <clears throat> And uh, I mean, I, I, I say doctor, but he's a chiropractor, so I, 
<laughs> I don't know where the line is there, <laughs> but yeah. So this, this popped up in my feed. It's a headline that I, I thought uh, was worthy of bringing to our attention. Not yeah. a whole lot to say. No, until, there's not a lot to say. It's... Until, yeah, more details are needed, I guess, at this point. But Anytime something gets to the point where charges are filed, um, it, it's serious and significant. Because like, like, we know that happens so rarely. Yeah, um, that's right. It, it's the, the, the rate of... Uh, charges being filed, let alone convictions, let alone actual consequences is so small. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate. Um, uh, and I want, I want to avoid my uh, inserting my views around chiropractors. Cause I like, I, <laughs> I, like, I don't have a super positive view about chiropractors. No, um, no. however, it, this kind of we, thing happens happens with, with real doctors too, yeah, right? That's like right. that's the this is this is not unique to a specific profession, um, no. where where you do see sort of the profession having an impact is when there is a systemic um, structure built around the individuals who allow it and hide it, and I don't yeah. know if that's the case here. Um, I. I yeah, Again, my biases around chiropractors <laughs> have me suspecting that it is, but I, I know that's a personal bias. So right, um, right. I think, like I said, we, I we would, said we we're going to go through stories quickly, so I don't know how yeah. much we want to. I would almost think that uh, I, that would exist with real doctors too. Like there is that. Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. Pa- that systemic patriarchal structure that <laughs> yeah. exists within society. Really like this. The judge yeah. who visited the Saskatchewan Indigenous protest camp will face no action. Good. Nor should yeah. he. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, it seemed like he did nothing wrong. Uh, I guess we, we figured it just had to go through this count yeah. uh, this thing. There was five complaints uh, against him, mm-hmm. though we don't know who complained. And uh, yeah, the council said he did nothing wrong. So. Uh, they, well, they said sort he of. didn't do anything <laughs> wrong enough to have consequences for. Um it's they mm-hmm. they did say um what well, was the his behavior was inconsistent with the ethical obligation judges are sworn to uphold um but not serious enough to serious enough to warrant removal um yeah yeah I, the fact the fact that it was after the like yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it's it seems odd to me that it's even considered inconsistent with the obligations of a judge right mm-hmm but again, I guess I'm not the one that makes these decisions and, and makes these judgments, but yeah. And I, and maybe I'm not like, maybe I'm not understanding it. It's the fact that he went after his ruling. Right. That, Therefore it couldn't inflict anything on it at all. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's still what has me puzzled and it had me puzzled when the story first came up. Um, yeah. I and I, I haven't had a chance to talk to any lawyer friends about why that would be. Um, but Maybe I'll, when this is, when, when our podcast is done, I'll toss this story up on my, my Facebook and say, Hey, lawyer friends, <laughs> who, who wants to explain me a thing? Please. <laughs> Why was this wrong? <laughs> if you are willing to give me some of your free emotional labor, um, <laughs> yeah, right. please, please explain me a thing. But no, anyways, it, it's, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, good that there's, he's not being removed. Um, strange that it's considered 
inconsistent, but that may be one of those letter of the law things. And the review panel basically went, we have to say something, but right. um, we're not going to, we're not going to have input consequences. So. Yeah. Let, I suppose uh, <laughs> there might be something that says that even after a case is done, uh, a judge isn't supposed to interact with any of the participants in it. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's all it is. Saskatchewan Crown Corporation executives take potential 6 to 25% pay cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saskatchewan government announced Thursday it will be reducing pay to its Crown Corporation executives starting in fiscal year 2021-22. Mm-hmm. So what it is, is it's their... <sighs> It's they're changing the structure of the compensation package. Um, so it's they're, they're doing a reduction of the holdback eligibility, which is mm. a form of executive compensation. Um, and, and I, I, I get sort of the mentality by wanting to shift it. Um, yeah, I, I, they're, when they <laughs> announced it, they're tying it to the pandemic. Um, they're saying, um, you know, they, they, our, our crown executives are important and blah, blah, blah. Um, right. We really appreciate them. However, they're getting paid too much considering there's a pandemic going on. Um, okay. Which, like, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. Um, I, we're dealing with, like, at this level of compensation, you are, are dealing with, um, you are dealing with data that is going to be, behind closed doors. So I can't see the data. Like when you're dealing with uh, minimum wage or uh, median wage or what have you, when you're, you're dealing with salaries of people who are making 50,000 a year, I can look at data like that. That data exists on <laughs> right. the, the stats Canada website. The, the, that data is everywhere. Um, there's data around executive compensation, but the peer to peer like compensation modeling that, I'm 100% sure someone is doing that's like, that's proprietary, right? They're not releasing that. Um, Executive compensation is complicated. Um, It's, you know, it is very popular um, to say executives get paid too much. um, But it's one of those by what metric. um, Right, right. Right. Like um, if they are, if you are hiring some, like again, is the very best, basketball player in the world worth 50 million dollars more than the 10th best basketball player in the world <laughs> like because th- there's that sliver of a performance difference right like it's yeah the 100 to 99.99 percent as good um in a lot of cases for executives you're kind of dealing with similar things um it's are the best executives really that much better. But <laughs> if an executive can squeeze out an extra 0.1%, you know, rate of return right. on your annual income, <laughs> that's probably is worth, I don't know what their annual income is for any of these crowns, but right, if, they, right. if they're, if they are good enough at what they do to squeeze out an extra 0.1% productivity, um, that probably is worth a fair bit of compensation in the model that we have now. Right. Um, so they say they're going to save 1.82 million yeah. per year uh, by doing this. So, mm-hmm. and it applies to 54 executives at yeah. eight crown corporations. Like I so, said, I, th- we're going to save 1.82 million where you will find out 
and we probably won't find out, but where someone who can see the numbers behind the scenes will find out whether it was worth it or not is five years from now when they look at the retention, the yeah, retention data, right? right? Um, yeah. Did you lose a top level executive to um, a, a private company? Did they, did they leave their position with a crown to go to a private company? And now the crown is, is performing not as well because of it. Um, uh, like I said, it, <laughs> I also don't know what the labor market is right now for, for top, executives, for yeah. top level executives. Like I, I, I just, I don't have my, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the executive job market right now. No one wants to hire me to be their CEO. Um, so yeah, that's right. But. I pick things up and I put them down. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't get me yeah. wrong. I, I would, I would take, even with the pay cut, I would still take 111,000 a year. Um, it's a good pay for, for doing what they're doing. But, um, this, I guess that's the other thing too. This isn't the, you know, 11 point million a year compensation package that the the CEO of McDonald's gets. Right. So 111,000 is, is good money. It's fair compensation. Um, but we're not dealing with the millions and millions per year. So yeah, they're paid well, but they're not like multi multi millionaires every year. So, right. So, yeah. That's average too. So like if we're talking with 54, uh, that, that's going to, that's the CEO of each crown is, is probably at the higher end of the spectrum. And like whatever the, the lowest junior VP is probably down around 80. Right. So. Right. Right. Seems like pretty good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like that's, that's good money. <laughs> uh, good money. But like, again, it's, you're dealing with people who I, I, I would wager of the 54, probably, you know, 50 or so of them have an MBA, which isn't cheap. Um, right. like that's, that's a, you know, $60,000 degree, um, or whatever it costs nowadays. Like it's not a cheap degree to get. And, you know, yep. you're, you're not dealing with, you're not quite dealing with the same level of education, time and expense as a doctor, but like, probably relatively close for some of them if not more for some of them actually so the feds uh the province and Sask- the city of saskatoon combined for a 100 million dollar over 100 million dollar infrastructure boost mm-hmm. which i mean 102 million is over 100 million correct that's, <laughs> that's how math works <laughs> so good for them yeah uh, no it's good it, and it, it's um it, it's apparently green infrastructure so um three primary projects um yeah yeah no it's exciting good. like i'm more more green projects in the provinces mm-hmm. makes me happy yeah so so they're, they're talking about the Miwasan Valley Authority is, is getting a good chunk. They're in the middle of a $23 million fundraising campaign. Um, so this is probably, you know, really, really good news for them. Um, the, the large scale solar plant, that sounds exciting. Um, yep. like infrastructure is an investment. Like this green infrastructure, especially, is an investment. Um, yeah, nice long term. Um, maybe, maybe some of this could be funded by that, uh, uh, tax on car <laughs> gas powered cars. That's right. Yeah, hundred and fifty a hundred and fifty a year car, tax on <laughs> gas powered cars can can pay for this. What oh, percentage I'm, of one hundred and two million is sixty thousand? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not so, a very big percentage. <laughs> but it's it's also like it's stuff like this is probably what you have to do to get the province in in on stuff. Like the province yeah. is covering about a third. Um, the 
feds are 41.1 million. The city of Saskatoon itself is 25.8. And then the, right. the province is, is 34.3. So, um, glad they were all able to agree. Um, yep. We're gonna <laughs> get some gas recapture at the Western Develop Museum, some new roof on a curling rink, solar plant, some hiking trails. Um, that's yeah, all good. A lot of good things. This one's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing burger, hysteria, and reprehensible attack. Sass cabinet minister and critics square off. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy Harrison is the jobs minister um, for the Sass party. Alina Young, the jobs critic. And <laughs> frankly, I enjoyed this. I like the way that she doesn't pull any punches. <laughs> no. Yeah. Zero he bucks is, to give. Like that's... Yeah. I, I think he is doing a terrible job, but <laughs> they're, they're both were being pretty blunt in their in their their uh, their comments on each other. So I uh... okay. So obviously the Sask party is very dismissive of any criticism coming from the NDP. They say rather silly things. They dismiss bad I- or good ideas and good criticism uh, out of hand and laughed when they said like the NDP said that they'd be over budget and. Harrison's response to uh, being called the worst jobs minister in Canada, uh, he's said, responded incredis, incredulously, oh my goodness. Uh, I don't know if maybe it's just my perspective, but I'm picking up, like I picked up a bit of a, uh, like a condescension, <laughs> right? Like yes. she, she's young, he's a, an older gentleman, she's a young woman. And I, I don't know. It seemed like pretty condescending and pro- kind of like sexist and a little bit ageist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me, anyway, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into it, but <laughs> yeah. And one things like some of her comments were, if I'm looking at them neutrally, probably went too far, <laughs> right? Like it, it, if it, if they were said by a Sask Party person about an NDP government, right? I, like if a Sask Party opposition member said referred to a budget as a nothing burger of a budget i would probably think they were being childish yeah that's um right. the fact yeah. that it's someone i agree with sort of has me has my partisan <laughs> cheerleader <laughs> mentality yeah. kicking in a bit so i, I that's fair um so, that that being said maybe i'm just second guessing myself more than i should be and yeah he is just being a dick and she's being passionate <laughs> i don't know like that <laughs> um the yeah. um one of the things that i i do sort of want to address that goes a little bit beyond um that goes a little bit beyond just using um flamboyant language on both their parts um so she she didn't say, you know, he's a horrible person or she didn't say um, that he's unethical or lazy or anything like that. She says, by the numbers, he is the worst minister. Right. Um, like, she's very specific that she's talking about his performance, not his character, I right. think. And, and, and perhaps... Again, perhaps my bias is coming in, but it really does, like, when I'm looking through them, um, and, like, his comment, um, you know, the NDP has zero credibility with our business community, and that's why they have virtually zero seats. A little bit of a low jab, but still, like, I would say 
it's most like saying they have no credibility with the business community. That's still more or less around the party's performance and not a character. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> where I find it frustrating is the Sask, the conservative movement in general lately, the Sask party in particular. No, this, this is not them in particular. This is just sort of um, <laughs> this idea that they really, really want to be victims. Oh yeah. Um, like yeah. absolutely do they want to, and they always accuse the left of victim culture, right? Like that is first and like there could be someone, you know, shot and killed. And when people say, okay, that's a bad thing. Oh, you're making a victim of the guy. Like, no, he was shot and killed. Um, yeah. the, he that's was literally a, a victim. <laughs> that's that. Yeah. Um, but the, however, he's doing this. I'm, you know, I'm very disappointed in that member who yesterday attacked the character, attacked the integrity and attacked the professionalism and attacked the work ethic of professional public servants with decades of experience working in that sector who are doing all they can to promote Saskatchewan's export and interest. But she didn't do that, right? (laughs) Right. Like it's no, you're you're not a victim. Like, She's not attacking your character. Um, she made a and maybe he's referring. She made a, a, a jab about how he hasn't worked in the private sector in over twenty years. Um, oh, she did. She did say that he hasn't had a real job. Yeah, and I mean, okay, you can argue whether or not being a politician is a real job on a variety of levels. Yeah. But if you go out into the oil field and you talk about John Justin Trudeau, well, yeah. politician isn't a real job. No. No, absolutely not. It isn't right. right? So, so, like that, you, you can't. So yeah, you, you can't have it both ways. You you can't say liberal politicians and NDP politicians, liberal with a small L politicians, right, don't have a real job, but the conservative ones do. Like if you're if you're again, we've talked about this so often, right? If you're setting the rules, you got to play by them. Yeah. You're like your team literally set the rules. Um, and now you're complaining the rules are unfair. That's a little. <laughs> it shouldn't um, be how things work. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, that's not a reprehensible attack on our public servants. That was no. criticizing you, buddy. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah. the, the three, uh, just to go over the numbers a little bit, like, uh, Statistics Canada shows the labor force grew by 3,000 people in Saskatchewan in, from January 2021 to February 2021. But, we have 23,000 fewer people employed than we did last year this time. Yeah. And the minimum wage is still the lowest in Canada at $11 and 45 cents an hour. Um, we have no, uh, it's not just that people are, are, there aren't enough jobs for people. It's that the jobs that are there, we have no incentive for people to get them because the pay isn't good enough. Right. So, no, it, it's like objectively by the numbers, he's not doing a good job. <laughs> right. Um, so. And like for however many years, the SAS party, like that, that's the thing, not just the SAS party. Governments take credit for when things are going well when they're in power. Yep. <laughs> and they like the buck yep. stops everywhere but with them when a conservative is in charge. Um, so <sighs> I'm doing it wrong. Like left wing yeah. governments. Obviously, don't stand up and go, woohoo, we're screwing up when mistakes happen. Um, right. But just per- accountability just really is never – accountability has not been the strong suit of right-wing governments for a, at least 30 to 40 years to a measurable extent against – you know, when compared to the left. 
Um, yeah. Like it is again, up there, I hate to say objectively <laughs> when I am obviously so very subjective, but you can look at accountability and you can, you can look at metrics on how often they take credit for things and how often they try and shift the blame for things or, or, yeah. or take responsibility for things going wrong. Um, and, and you can see pretty measurably a difference in the, the ethical framework. Um, and it, it's the rhetoric and the actions just don't line up. Yeah. An anti-mask billboard in Estevan prompts controversy, controversy and calls for removal. The sign owner future says billboards will not be removed at this time. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like you can see it there. It's a big sign that says unmask our children. It's a uh, digital yeah. blackboard but, or billboard. Um, I don't know. I know uh, Ryan Miley uh, uh, called for the removal of this and, um, <clears throat> Apparently stating that he thinks it should be removed by the company who owns the billboard is enough to get the free speech warriors out and, and saying that, you know, that he crossed the line and this is government censorship, but <laughs> honestly, like with, if it be, with it being Ryan Miley saying it, I almost have a point on that one. <laughs> I've, I've been like, it's when the government steps in that, that you start, that, that it does start being censorship. Um, is it, opposition rather than in party or power. <laughs> um, yeah. That being said, the other factor is that like we, we don't have the, the bill of rights with all the, you know, 20 some odd amendments. We have no, the charter right. of rights um, with a number of sections and section one, number one, the very first thing we got is the reasonable limits clause. Um, yeah. Every single right is subject to reasonable limits. So um, is, is, is promoting, yeah. That yeah. was one of my arguments was yeah. that uh, this this could – I, I don't know if it does or not. Like uh, this is a debate that you need to have. You can't just say this is uh, censorship, right? right. Uh, it has to – we have speech within limits and yeah. it does this fall within those limits? Is this harmful? Well, if is the this, government requires know, it being taken down, it is still censorship. At that point, it is still censorship. Is that a reasonable application of censorship? Right, right. Like it is a restriction of free speech if the government says no, you can't have it. Like one hundred percent cut and dry. If the government says you need to take this down, one hundred percent that is a restriction of free speech. Where yeah. the question comes in is, is that a reasonable suspension of free speech? Because um, yeah. we have lots of those. Um, yeah, that's right. So. Um, I, uh, it sounds like so far the billboard is still up. <laughs> billboard's still up. Um, they painted over. If you look at the sign, there's a, a separate ad for Sasktel and Jump.ca. Um, that got painted over because Sasktel and Jump.ca said, this isn't our sign. Please paint over our logo. <laughs> right. Because um, yeah. they were getting like flack. He's like, no, no, we don't own the sign. We were advertising a separate ad on this sign. Um, and we are no longer advertising. <laughs> we are no longer advertising on that side. Yeah. Um, so, um, and like so, maybe maybe this is one of those ones where the uh, the you know the free market gets to be the one that decides, and just companies are going to stop advertising with this sign company, and not not because of public boycott, like because of what happened to Sastel, like. I don't even think you have to go, oh, if you're sign, if you're, um, if you're advertising on future signs or whatever the name of the sign company is, we won't buy from you. It's the company going, yeah. oh shit, what else might they put up? 
Am I gonna right. am I gonna pay for an ad on this sign and next week there's gonna be a white supremacist digital ad underneath our billboard? Um <laughs> Yeah, so like that's there is a lot of crossover between the anti-mask movement and the white supremacist movement. Oh yeah, days, like so. virtually concentric <laughs> circles on a Venn diagram. Right? Like that's not there's not a lot of yeah there's there's not if you if you take the circles there's not a lot of like space on the outside of those two circles <laughs> no, on the Venn that's diagram. Right. That's that's pretty overlappy, um, but um, yeah oh yeah, yeah there's future science. So, yeah no it, it's is what it is. Um, Something that I find interesting is that there is there does seem to be a lot of money invested in like the anti-mask movement. Like there's signs around like the anti-covid movement. There's a lot of people putting billboards up and signs up in various places. Like even in Regina and Saskatoon, you'll see anti like uh billboards about Dr. Shahab lied and stuff like that. Yep. And it, you just got to wonder like where's this Who's spending this money? Why would you? I don't. I don't think the people who are running these protests have a lot. Have jobs. <laughs> like, like they're just walking around, traveling around, province to province, speaking about the evils of masks. Yeah, yeah, bizarre. I will, because um, we often don't give um, Mo credit where credit is due. Right. I'm going to simultaneously give credit to Mo, and even further shake my head at the 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 freeze peach patrol um (laughs) mo said almost exactly the same thing miley did oh yeah Yeah. neither like neither one of them actually says that the government should step in um so like miley says it's awful um people shouldn't you know it makes zero sense to be having people advertising against laws and against public safety um you know i understand people are stressed and fatigued um but you know why you'd be out there spreading propaganda makes zero sense not saying the government should step in just saying this is ridiculous mo then says um i don't have i don't have a lot of time for people that are trying to advocate for others to break the laws almost word for word what miley says right like (laughs) and i I think that billboard is also advocating uh, for kids not to be masked which is possibly even a bit more troublesome like mo is also speaking out against the sign neither one of them says actually said the government should step in and and um, censor it. Both have said it's bad. Both have referred to it as advocating for people to break the law. Both are saying it's putting children's lives at, at risk. And the free free speech patrol loses really their want. mind over Miley, but gives yeah. Mo a pass. Yeah, um, of course. But like, and to Mo's credit, he is speaking out against it. So um, good, good, the, the positive good. part about Mo is he is also saying the sign is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, because good. the sign is bullshit. Exactly. And right. apparently Future Science says the billboard will stay and yeah. uh, told CBC that uh, they've got more five times greater positive messages than negative responses, which weird, but okay. I, I assume that's because people who are negative about that kind of thing are just looking at it and going fucking idiots. Yeah. And know. moving on with their day. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I'm surprised by that, but you know, um, maybe I'm taking it with a grain of salt, but yeah. Shame on you. Future signs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this is come and gone at this point, but premier Mo says Ontario anti-mask protesters should stay out of Saskatchewan. Uh, he did come and he did go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this was one of these cases where I wanted to give Mo credit 
for uh, like calling out this Chris Sky, yeah. uh, who is uh, going across the country uh, promoting anti-mask bullshit. Yeah. So it's yeah good for good for Mo. Um, I yeah, it's ridiculous. Like yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad Mo and Miley are seem to be in agreement on it. Um, that this guy's an idiot and he should stay away. And then he didn't. And uh, again, you can't legally prohibit a specific person. If he's breaking the laws, you can arrest him. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. the police were monitoring for noncompliance. Um, yeah. And don't like, I'm the last person who wants police arresting people willy nilly. Um, but frankly, I don't want this guy around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need police involved. I think I think fines like we don't need our police to be finding people. Um, that's I, true. No, that's right? a, like, that's definitely true. Um, like I, I think we underestimate the coercive power of the state <laughs> and how powerful it is beyond just police. Because yeah, like the state has a lot of power. The state can say. We're fining you $10,000. Oh, by the way, if you don't pay it by such and such a date, we're taking it out of your bank account. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they can just like that, take it. They can just take it. <laughs> they can just reach into your bank account or credit union account and take your money. Yeah. Um, they have that power because they're the ones that regulate the banks. And yeah, you know what? If you keep cash in a map, like in your mattress, sure, you can like maybe for a while. Avoid them. Like, where are you yeah. living? Like, at, at a certain point, um, yeah. you're like it sh- destroys your. Like, they can they can send it to collections, and then it's on your credit history, so you can't rent an apartment or buy a house. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't want the state creating more homeless people. No, um, but the government has a lot of power to fuck with people, um, and not just the police. Um, yeah. And um, I, I am. I know you are not a big fan of big government and I try and limit my belief in yeah. big government. Um, yeah. We don't, Honest- need, we don't need someone with a gun to stop yahoos like this. No, that's true. But I wouldn't mind tasering them. <laughs> <laughs> Viscerally. I still, I still not. Cargill to build $350 million canola crusher in the Regina area. Yeah. So that's a Hooray. good project. Yeah. Yeah. I like canola. Sure. Pretty. Bright and yellow. <laughs> Scroll yeah. down. You'll see the bright and yellow. I bet yeah, you. Look, you'll see it. And it's bright and oh, yellow. Yeah. <laughs> and you can you can drive through Saskatchewan during the summer and see that all over the place. It's yeah. it is quite nice. It but. is. My my I I have the classic boomer dad, um, who who is also an agrologist. So <laughs> like okay, it's, but yeah. it's like you we could not like every, we're driving on road trips. He would point out every single crop that we would drive. Oh, that's canola. That's soybeans. Oh, oh yeah, more corn. Oh, that's unusual. <laughs> They're growing whatever it was. Like every road trip, it was nice. the commentary on every single grain crop that we went by but anyways yeah. <laughs> canola's pretty um yeah processing i like jobs um it's supposed to open uh, uh construction starts next year and yeah. it should be open by 2024 they say yeah so and uh, again um anytime you are having a an industry like a, an economy that's heavily weighted in primary industry um 
having secondary industry come in is positive. So processing, manufacturing, um, that's good. It lets us um, process canola here rather than shipping it somewhere else to be processed, um, yep. which, you know, left-wing perspective, better for the environment because you're not shipping it somewhere and then shipping it back again. You're you're processing it quickly and less transportation costs and smaller carbon footprint. Um, I won't say that too loud because – Conservatives might because <laughs> they might charge it. them extra 100, <laughs> an extra hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> um, but no, it's a good thing. It's great. Um, yeah. So you know, I, there's still you know the, you're always going to deal with the fact that you know the agri food the agri food industry is very um, top down. It, it's there, there's a lot of uh, there's not a lot of uh, Diversity, that's not the right word, but like the, you have a very small ownership group. Cargill is a massive agri-food right. business. I'm still like, I still have concerns about that. There's all of those already built in concerns about the agri-food business in general. Um, yeah. and none of this negates that. Um, it, but this yeah. doesn't make it worse either. So no, that's right. Uh, Johnny McDonald statue removed from the park. We've talked about this twice. They finally did it. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> maybe, maybe the snow. Th- this is the one bright spot of the snowstorm that we had out of nowhere. Is it probably meant there weren't as many people there being twits? Yeah, um, that's right. It got quietly removed. <laughs> yeah. So, if it was a nice day, more people would have seen it and made a big stink about it. Um. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, okay. Don't know what more to say. We've already we've already talked about this a lot. I think it's great. Um, big big statue, thousand pounds, half, <laughs> half yeah. a ton, heavy equipment. Now, what do we do with it? Um, put it in a put it in a museum. Talk about his legacy yeah. um, in in a holistic fashion rather than just a plaque that talks about how great he is. Yeah, um, you know, acknowledge. Acknowledge some positive contributions, um, but at the same time, also, you know, a monster. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. And you can actually say that, you know, with a, uh, you know, a full board behind, beside him or whatever. Exactly. Right. Like, you know, if it, if it then gets put into a museum, you can absolutely talk about it in greater context. Um, yep. it, it's a more appropriate spot than in a park. Yep. All right. Next is an online system to reduce court appearances for traffic tickets in Saskatchewan. Hooray! Coming online right away. Um, yeah. So I've talked about this. I remember I had a, a ticket uh, a number of years ago, um, probably about ten years ago now, um, and I was told, "Hey, no, go go down to the court, um, ask for it to be reduced," um, and they usually will. I'm like, "Okay," um, and it ended up using up two full days, like two full days of my life um, fighting this. And I wasn't even fighting it. Like, and, and I, in retrospect, had I known, I wouldn't have bothered. I would have, because it got reduced by a hundred bucks. Um, um, but like, and that's what they, like, I, I actually think that's in, that was an intentional um, feature, not a bug. Like, I don't think, I think that was working as it was supposed to. So I'm, I am pleasantly surprised by them making it faster. Um, yeah. I assume, like, I honestly think they made it as inconvenient as possible in order so that people wouldn't fight tickets. Yes. Um, because 
you know, it's not worth most, it's not too worth too, like I, I was fortunate and that I didn't have to use up vacation hours because I had a flexible enough job, um, where I could, I could set my own hours at the time. Right. Um, you know, like, all right, I'll work Saturday this week. Um, and you know, went down and, but yeah, it was, it was a nightmare, um, both days. Um, so, I, uh, and I've heard the same thing from others. I recently like, okay, so I got, uh, a speeding ticket back in September and then I was supposed to go to court for it in December and then it got postponed until April, which is technically tomorrow. But now it's been postponed again because of this new outbreak until September again. So by the time I go to court for this ticket, it's going to be a full year since I yeah. got the ticket. Yeah. And I mean, I, you can't plead not guilty on, <laughs> on this website thing <laughs> system, but, but, uh, yeah, you can do other things. So that's good. yeah. So it, it probably yeah. <laughs> it, it still probably is a nightmare for people who want to actually fight the tickets. Um, yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe less of one because some of the things will get offloaded to another part of the system. The nice thing I think about this is that it's going to be one of those uh, extensions on the payment due date and stuff like that. You don't have to go in front of a judge and ask for more time. Yeah, like so. Yep. All right, next. $60,000 water bill. Woof. <laughs> Saskatoon strip mall businesses face collective $60,000 water bill. Oh, wow. I read this and I was just like, so there's a leak somewhere in this strip mall Yeah. that they couldn't find right away. And yeah. uh, ultimately, all these businesses collectively like owe for it. And uh, yeah. that sucks. Like this Murray's sewing is on the hook for more than $4,000. Uh, and uh, during a year when she hasn't had that high of an income. Yeah. What I do find weird about this is if it's all, and again, I haven't seen that. Obviously I don't, haven't seen the lease. Um, but if it's all of the companies getting hit, that tells me it was an infrastructure issue. Like, further upstream yeah. as it were yeah. like it, it's not the like it wouldn't be the individual tenants at this point so artists reach should be on the hook um you would think so but which, like yeah, say, that's a, uh, yeah. without uh knowing more about their lease that, that, exactly that was, that was one of the things that really struck me is because apparently all these businesses except for extra foods and shoppers have like they share a water bill sort of thing right and then so somehow before it even got to the building, all of these or even got to these individual businesses, like the water bill got skyrocketed. So, yeah, which like, I don't know, a REIT is they essentially said they had like an it, inspector it, in to take a look at the uh, yeah. see, see if they could find a leak and they didn't find anything. And now, yeah. and like a REIT is, is, it's kind of like a mutual fund, right? Like it, it's a, mm. it's a real estate income trust. So it's effectively a company that just is a way of people investing in real estate, similar to how you would invest in stocks with a mutual fund. Um, so like it's going to be a very hands off landlord. There's almost certainly a property management company as the middleman. Um, right. but again, it, it, the only thing that I could see is if there was issues with the metering in the past and they were undercharged for a number of months or years, right? Like this is a, all of a sudden you've been, there was a, there was a misread meter two years ago 
it got recorded at a certain amount and then now it got recorded yeah. correctly and you're now paying for four years worth all at once or something. Um, right. that happened to be on my, my, my personal gas meter. It just all of a sudden got a surprise and like, Oh, oops, we misread it the last time we did a reading. And <laughs> now because I was like, I'm set up on equalized payments. Why did my equalized payments triple? Um, right. Oh, well we misread it when we first set them up. Oh, okay. Thanks. And then <laughs> after a year, it'll go back to, to normal again. So it's just, it sucked, but that um, happens to me. Every three months with SAS power. <laughs> <laughs> so it may be something like that, right? But, um, yeah. Every single time I get an actual meter reading, <laughs> my bill is like way higher. And I'm like, oh, geez, I should have been submitting my bill meter readings all the time. I feel bad for them. I don't know if they have any legal recourse. The, the article sort of goes on to say they don't really. The only, yeah. only re- legal recourse they have is if, if they find out one specific tenant caused the issue. Right. Then they could, the other tenants could sue that tenant. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, you know, a lawyer said they could look into insurance to see if there was, um, a possible insurance claim. But yep. yeah, it no, sucks. It does suck. Okay. So the next one, Regina Council unanimously approves a $4 million land sale despite opposition from nearby businesses. Uh, the nearby business was the co-op refinery. <laughs> They sold a uh, uh, 250 hectares of land north of the city, which is adjacent to the refinery. And the refinery was at the meeting, at the city council meeting, saying, hey, we were going to use that. <laughs> we're, we're totally buying this True North oil or whatever the hell it was called. True North. Uh, but they were all mad. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> This is how things go, I guess. Like, if yeah, you don't I have just, a, don't, an agreement ahead of time, like that—that's—that's that's <laughs> capitalism, right? Like, that, like, if you if you don't yeah. buy something and someone else buys it, and then you're mad because you wanted to buy it. Whoops! That yeah, like, <laughs> what else can you say? <laughs> to be you, I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and uh, I just was gonna say, like, after I found out this. Uh, it has been released since this article, I believe, that it was Viterra that bought the uh, okay. land. So right. they are going to set up something that they do things with. <laughs> Grain, I, I guess. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Weird. The one thing I think that is a bit of an issue is if this is, uh, um, and it looks like this is, you know, city-owned property that the city is selling, um, that there there wasn't a, a, a bidding, a proper bidding process. Um, so like FCL talks about how it wanted the, it wanted to be offered the chance to take part in a bidding process. Right. Um, and that, that door was swiftly closed by the council's vote, um, is sort of the wording. So I, and they apparently, may have a point there. Um, yeah, apparently it's under, uh, market value for the land. Yeah. But they, the city, the council basically said because of the economic opportunity generated by it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It also has a, a, um, a buyback clause. So essentially if um, the developer does not break ground in two years, the city basically goes, yoink, um, gives them their money back. um, And which is just a $50,000 fee, right? 
Well, no, the Currently? city keeps it. Basically, the city gives them $4 oh, million. Yeah. Okay, So they've given a $4 million option to purchase. So yeah. they've given $4 million to the city. Um, that's not the whole purchase price. That is um, – or no, that is. Sorry. That's, they've, they've basically given $4 million to the city. Um, if they don't break ground in two years, the city goes, here's three hundred, $3,950,000 back. So right. The city keeps fifty grand of it, gives them the rest of their money back, and then takes the land. Yeah. Um, basically, says, you know, we're going to charge you fifty thousand dollars for wasting our time, um, and we're, we'll. And take now we can back. sell it Thank to you. whoever. Yeah, and now we can <laughs> sell it to Federated Co-op. <laughs> <Apparently. laughs> yeah. um, which, honestly, the fact that Federated Co-op's making the stink that it's making is probably a good thing for the city in some ways yeah. because. Um, they don't have to take it back after two years. And if the company chooses not to break ground within two years, um, you probably would have a bit of a back and forth on city council where they go, eh, do we really want to take it back? Is it like, of course, right? Yeah. Like it's, you're yeah. going to have that debate. But if it's a, oh, no, no, we have, we know for sure there's a buyer. Yeah. Um, although we'll see what Federated Co-op does in the meantime, right? They may, they, you know, come up with our other, right. Other they said so. something on, uh, during the city council meeting that uh, they were purchasing this true North renewable fuels on the assumption that they would be able to buy this land. And now that they can't buy this land, they might have to take back this purchase of true North renewable fuels. So I don't know how that's going to work. That's up to us for them to figure yes. out, but so it's just, you know what they say, what happens when you assume <laughs> um, anyways, it's, it's a weird story, but it's, uh, again, it, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for FCL at the moment. No, um, no. Wow. And, and I mean, I don't want to assume, but, <laughs> but it seems like potentially some of the behaviors that they had in the past might have impacted the lack of consideration that the city yeah. council had on yeah. in this. So, and I'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what the economic development is. That's happening there. Um, you have the, the the cargo with the canola, the Vitoro with whatever this turns into being. Um, yeah, secondary industry around agriculture. Like people are like, we can talk all we want about oil and gas and whether it's going to go up or down and how, what's going to happen in that industry. But people are always going to need to eat. Yep. Um, canola ain't going anywhere. Um, you know, Vitara ain't going anywhere. So. <laughs> no, that's right. New vaping laws. New vaping laws in Saskatchewan aimed at lowering use among young people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Vaping's complicated. <laughs> it, it's, is this maybe a better metaphor for the electric car thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe. Am I falling on the other side of it on this one? I, it's one of those things where, like, my my views on harm reduction are usually that harm reduction is good. Um, yeah. Vaping is better than smoking. Yep. But it's Still worse not good. than not doing anything. Um, and what started as a tool to help people get off of smoking, there are now people who are vaping who have never smoked. Yeah. Right. Like, right. and, and, and not a small number. Right. Um, which that's, that's not how, that's not how the product <laughs> was uh, pitched initially. Now, no. whether the manufacturers always had this in mind, that's another story. Um, it's interesting that, like you say, like a de uh, a device that was designed initially for uh, smoking cessation is now having like multiple shops all over the city with yeah. just that as their focus with different flavors and different styles of vapes and this and that and the other thing. Like it's a whole industry now on its own. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and like young people are into it. Like they really yeah. are. It's, it's everywhere. My, uh, uh, I mean, not to call out my daughter, but she has friends who are, who have vapes. I don't know how they got them, but they're 15 and they smoke these vape things. And it's, you know, when she asks me, well, what do you think of them? And I think, well, don't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is bad for you. <laughs> this is, it's not as bad as smoking, but it's not good. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same arguments against, right? Like it's bad for your health, bad for your wallet. Um, yep. yep. Maybe this is my, uh, Gen X aesthetic coming in. Um, the one area where it is worse than cigarettes is you look like a dork while doing that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, again, Gen X, <laughs> yeah, that's Gen right. X aesthetic views. I, I'm sure, um, there are, are, are young, younger folk who are like, no, no, people who smoke look stupid, but I, I don't know. At least Humphrey cigarettes Bogart look with a cigarette cool. still to me looks cooler. <laughs> Yeah, than anyone right. with a vape. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, right. Not encouraging smoking to look cool either, but <laughs> no, also don't sigh. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this again. Is this is one of those ones much, too, but... where it's you know Canada has the reasonable limits clause. We 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 have reasonable limits on um on on what private entities can do. So yeah. um. I think I think there's a a legitimate argument to be made that it is it is within reasonable limits to say you're not allowed to sell ice cream and bubble gum flavored tobacco products. Yeah. Um, yep. Like that that to me does not seem like products that are very intentionally marketed to children <laughs> that children shouldn't be using. Yeah. Um, and yes, there are adults who like ice cream flavored vapes. I'm sure of that. Of course. Um, and that kind of sucks. But but that doesn't change that this bubblegum flavor is aimed at youth. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I, I... First Nations group calls for security guard to be fired following arrest at Saskatoon store. Uh, the video shows a guard pinning and attempting to handcuff a woman in the parking lot. So the head of the largest for one of the largest First Nations groups in Saskatchewan says he's angered after seeing the violent arrest of an indig indigenous woman by a security guard in Saskatoon and is now calling for the security guard to be fired. Uh, Chief Bobby Cameron of the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations which represents First Nations across the province says the incident which was captured on video is just one instance of violence in Violence indigenous women face. It is a symptom of a larger issue in the province. And I think that by and large, he's, he's right. Like this is, I, I don't think it's as likely to, uh, end with, uh, this kind of violent, uh, situation if it was a, uh, a white woman or even a white dude or, you know, this would never happen to me. Right. No, like I, I like, yeah. If I was shoplifting, mm -hmm. this would not happen to me. A security no. guard would not do that. Especially if I was like, if I'm looking like I look now, if I'm wearing a collared shirt and a tie right. and I'm in a, like, I, I guarantee you this yeah. would not happen to me. Um, yeah. I, I heard a, um, an interesting, it was on, on the TikToks. No, uh, the TikTok <laughs> the other day. Um, it, I, I believe it has gone viral. Um, where the one guy was saying, like, it was, it was around privilege. And someone, he said, someone once asked me, what do you do with the receipt when you're, when you're 
they offer you one at the store. He said, if they say, would you like a receipt with that? And he said, if I have the choice, I always say no. And I was talking to my black friend and he's like, I would never say no. Um, like what because are, what? Reality, and they were like, right? it was just different realities because yeah. I have to be able to prove that I, I purchased, um, what I, what I purchased. Um, yep. and, and this looks, sounds like it is a case where someone, where she actually did shoplift. Um, and it's not a case where it was a mistake, but uh, like that, like it was not a case where they had mistakenly thought someone shoplifted where they hadn't. Um, right. I believe like I, that, that is not the alleged that that is not being alleged at, uh, as far as I had, had read. Um, right. Yeah. Here, here part but, of the article is uh, <sighs> like they talk about whether or not he's allowed to do that. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't know the actual law regarding security officers or whatever security guards, but I don't think, I think as far as the law is concerned, they're just citizens. And you have to have a police officer to come and actually, like, if you have to get physical, you have to call the police. Yeah. Like, observe and report is sort of my understanding. Um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think that a security guard actually has the authority to apprehend people. They have to go with them willingly or else uh, they have to leave them alone. Is You know, I, yeah, again, I I'm not an expert es- on the law, but. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe they can. I, I Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. It, it There was an excessive use of force. Yes. Um, and, like, yeah. If they are allowed to do this, like, I, I guess when we're talking about allowed, like. Right. Whether it's legal or not isn't isn't the measure of whether it's ethical or not. So if it True. is allowed, no, it shouldn't right. be. Um, yeah. Police don't have adequate level of training to ensure minimal minimum levels of violence. Um, yeah. This guy obviously does not have the adequate levels of training to ensure de-escalation and minimal levels of violence. Um, so yeah, I yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know, not good. Yeah, but the the second article regarding this was also calling for calling for the charges against the woman in the fresh co-arrest to be dropped. And the argument says, uh, he says it's 2021 systemic racism is alive in, and in the city of Saskatoon. And, uh, I mean, violence against indigenous women needs to stop. So because of the violence involved in the, uh, quote unquote arrest, um, the tribal council, wants the charges to, or the chief of the Saskatoon tribal council wants the charges to be dropped. I think I got to agree with them. Like, I think that the, the circumstances surrounding somebody's arrest or, or what have you should play a role in, in whether or not these charges stay, but maybe, maybe that's just cause I'm, uh, obviously I'm uh, yeah. got a perspective. We got a perspective. I, I go back to like, I would like, I know I would not even get caught if I tried shoplifting. Right. Nobody'd um, even suspect. I'm not right? good. I wouldn't be good at it, but um, <laughs> so like maybe I would. So, but like I, the number of times I have, I, you know, whatever doesn't get swiped properly and it beeps as I'm leaving and they just wave at me and do the thing. Right. Like, yeah. I, if I, I, if I wanted to, I could go buy 20 bucks worth of stuff and steal 50 bucks worth of stuff and yeah. walk right out of there. 
Um, I could do I like the whole put stuff in the bottom of the cart. Like there's all of those, like I could yep. easily get away with it and it wouldn't be an issue. Um, and I, like, even if I did get caught, they're not pressing charges against me. No. Like if I got caught, there's no way there would be any sort of charges laid. Like yeah. I certainly wouldn't be tackled in the parking lot. I could say, "Oh, oops, I uh, I forgot. I was just I was just carrying it. I was going to pay for that. Don't worry about it." Yeah, that's right. And if the police showed up, and it it could be obvious, it could be on camera that that obviously wasn't true. I could say, "If I go to court, I am going to say I'm I was planning on paying for this all along. I hadn't yeah. left the store yet, or whatever." Right? Like, um, yeah. And at that point. They're not going to charge. They're going to say you're not allowed back in the store. Um, they're going to, you know, do whatever. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you're definitely not going to actually have to face these charges like no. that. And like, again, if, if I was tackled like that, I would be getting apologies. I would be getting yep. free freaking groceries for life. Like, <laughs> yeah, if I was treated that way. There is like, I I would not. There would me being charged would not be on the table. No, that's right. It would it would be like you say. It would the the roles would reverse completely. Oh, absolutely, right. Because then it would be um, the at that point the power dynamic shifts, and then the security guard is the one who's in the hot seat. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's. <sighs> I, yeah, this I mean, is a, it's, it's systemic, right? They talk about this as a bigger issue. This isn't just this one woman and this one security guard. It's indicative of a larger issue. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand the, I, I, I understand that many of the people who think, oh, well, she should still be charged because she broke the law have this idea that the law should be applied regardless of race or regardless of circumstances. Like the, the law should be blind. And the problem is it's not. The problem is it's right. already not. Yeah. Um, so it, it's the idea that, oh, we shouldn't just let someone off um, because of circumstances. We should still apply things in, in, a, in an, a level manner it, it's, it is, is a <laughs> bullshit argument because it, it's you're, you're not starting from a level playing field to begin with. So. That's right. Yeah. So the next one, <laughs> I got an insight onto this one before it, uh, before it became a news story. Okay. So this is, uh, all we have right now is a Twitter thread, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Kyle, uh, our go-to, uh, person yeah. on, on <laughs> COVID has been swatted. Yeah. <laughs> he had the RCMP come to his house. Yeah. So that's interesting. His and my kid played D and D together. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's like not in person. Uh, we're we're right, doing, it's, it's virtual Dungeons and Dragons right now because he's in Saskatoon and we're in Regina, and both of us understand COVID exists. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, um, he is an amazing human being, and um, we are lucky to have him in the province. And I'm he he dealt with this with grace and aplomb, um, and. It is bullshit that it happened to him. Um, and that is a house with many children in it. Um, so somebody chose to attempt to terrorize him and his family because they disagree with him on something that 
he knows more about them on us. One can assume, <laughs> I guess we don't technically know it's COVID related, but he's very outspoken regarding COVID. And, yeah. and this has been, uh, he's gotten some negative reactions from conservatives in the par- province and, and not even like SAS party supporters, but like the anti-maskers and the anti-COVID people. Yeah. So the, uh, Informed assumption is that this was a, uh, somebody like that who uh, chose to terrorize his family. Yep. And, and, you know, he, he, he acknowledges, you know, his own privilege that, you know, this, you know, worse things happen to others. And, um, yeah, I, if something like this happened to me, I'd probably be saying the same thing too, right? Like the acknowledging that there's, you know, he still is a, a, you know, white middle-aged middle-class man with a lot of privileges. So, um, and he's, he's acknowledging that that doesn't make it any less terrorizing. So no, that's right. Somebody, somebody still wanted to, uh, do this to hurt him and his family. So, yeah, I don't know if there's much else to say about that. People are shitty and that's fucking awful. There it is. I'll, I'll, there I'll summarize. That, um, that's a good summary. There was a city council kind of, uh, community wellness, uh, committee meeting, yeah. uh, on, uh, on what should have been a routine, uh, agreement with a ban on co- conversion therapy. Yeah. But instead turned into both, both a, uh, bigoted, uh, platform for bigots to promote pseudoscience and misinformation as well as, uh, like, uh, about not just conversion therapy, but also trans gender people and the issues surrounding trans children. And we even got a city councilor who almost, who without saying it overtly did compare being gay to pedophilia. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was over. Like it wasn't a, this wasn't, this wasn't a dog whistle. This was, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. She, she did say like, she was asking, a uh, delegate, a question. And she said it, she did. She said like, mm-hmm. what about, uh, you know, an old person, older person who wants to have, uh, who is attracted to children. She compared them. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it's, it is frustrating. Um, I was upset when there were a couple counselors in Saskatoon who voted against the motion there. Um, right. I am significantly more angry this time around in Regina. Um, um, yeah. Um, again, I, like I was saying this about Trina Shaw back in February. Um, uh, I, I, I had been, um, friends with Trina on social media. Um, yeah, we'd had enough, uh, you know, number of personal, like we, we had, we were not friends in real life. Um, but we were, we were friends through social media. Um, she posted a, um, a, 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 she posted an article in support of um, a media personality who was um, fairly famous for being transphobic and homophobic. Um, I like. I took time before I posted anything, made sure it was in, was very very polite, and said, "Hey, I, I would like to um, get some clarification. Um, you have 
previously stated that you are in support of diversity and inclusion um, and that this was part of your platform when running for city council. How do you reconcile that with publicly supporting someone who is um, openly transphobic and homophobic? Um, and she blocked me and deleted um, the comment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, that's a sign, right? Because people make mistakes, right? Like, um, yep. I like I had a couple people like uh, over the last few weeks who like posted something about Prince Philip and you're like, hey, just so you know, he was a horrible racist um, and a like awful, awful human being said some pretty horrible things. And they're like, oh, fuck, I didn't know that. I just thought he was the cute old man who was married to the queen. I'm like, mm, right. here, <laughs> and then, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. Right. And that's all it takes. Right. Like we, we yeah, there's no expectation that everyone know everything about everyone they ever have talked about or, or admired. Right. Um, but that was a, a bad sign, and I've seen nothing but more evidence of that uh, over the over the intervening months. And then um, for her to compare homosexuality to pedophilia is just yeah. one more, you know, um, there was one more step down that path. She apologized yeah. afterwards um, right. in a somewhat half-hearted it, apology. But. Yeah, it was a better apology than a lot of mm-hmm. apologies, but I still don't buy it, right? Like, I'm still, like, on the edge going, oh, well, I mean, I'll, we'll see what your behavior is like yeah. after this, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing is it, it's, are you sorry you did it or are you sorry you got caught? Right. Um and, are, you so, are you sorry because there's outrage and it's aimed at you? <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the re- and again, personal bias coming in. One of the reasons I think it's a sorry you got caught is because when the behavior was pointed out to you previously, when it wasn't in a public forum, when yeah. when it was just one person privately tapping you on the shoulder and letting you know that what you were saying was problematic, um, you didn't apologize then. You yeah. silenced them and hid the, the evidence. Um, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> so doesn't bo- doesn't bode well for yeah. When you uh, only apologize when you're caught, and but do the same behavior and don't apologize when you're not caught. Mm. Yeah. One of the other points that was addressed, um, and, and again, and conflict or not conflict, but like obviously bias. Um, because I, I was, I was involved with the drafting of the response by Queen City Pride to it as well. But so one of the things that had been uh, addressed as well is the fact that there weren't, there there wasn't a point of order addressed by the chair of the, the meeting. Um, and that gets talked about in Kat's letter, uh, as well. Both so that Kat is not, um, directly related. I don't want to imply she's directly related to Queen City Pride. The, the, her letter and our response was separate. Um, but, um, is the idea that like, even, even though the chair, um, wasn't being problematic in and of himself, the fact that there were off topic points being allowed to be right. raised, um, yeah. is in and of itself problematic as well. Um, and when, when there are conversations like this, um, allowing people to come up and start talking about, um, gender affirming healthcare um, and somehow conflating it with conversion therapy is, is problematic. The the chair needs to step in and say, Hey, no, like point of order, 
that is that is not what we're talking about here. Yeah. That it, like this is not the time or place to have that conversation. In the same way they would as if we were having um, a a city council meeting on changing school zone speed limits. If someone showed up and started talking about business licenses in the downtown core, you would say, right. "Hey, no, like that's a different meeting." <laughs> um, yeah, don't bring that up here. Bring that up then. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with this. Like the, the, there was a whole bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with the topic at hand. Um, and, and the fact that it was allowed to continue is, um, is not okay. And, so and the plain, fa- the plain fact is that the anti, uh, LGBT, uh, delegates were spreading misinformation yeah. and pseudoscience and yeah. they were, they, we're intentionally spreading bigotry and the city council was their platform to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous that this is like, there were people that weren't even in, from Regina yeah. who were speaking as it's, it's absurd. Yep. Um, no, it, it, there's so much that was frustrating with it. Um, it it's uh, incorrect information, lies, um, off topic yeah. comments. Um, and, and I, um, intentionally misgendering people that they were talking to and about, um, the, uh, okay. So, uh, Paul Deshane, who generally, uh, live tweets these things. He, he also does the podcast, the queen city improvement bureau. Okay. And this most recent episode, they talk about this issue, uh, in city council. And, uh, they mentioned on that show that there were like one of the excuses that uh that Shaw used for her perspective was that she had uh talked to the wrong people or she had taken in information that, from those she was around and uh before this meeting many of the city council city council members had met with del- like people from religious communities that were anti LGBT and didn't communicate with any members of the LGBT community. Yeah. So if you're just getting this one perspective and you're not getting the other perspective, then of course you're going to have the wrong information. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when that side is, has a, a, an agenda that is against the facts. Yeah. And yeah, I, again, I, this seems so cut and dry to me. Um, so yeah. I, again, I have a hard time being um, objective on it because I'm not. Um, it, it's, there is, there is no objective on, uh, like, there is no other perspective that is legitimate in my, in, from, from what I can see. Yeah. This, I mean, this, you either harm people or you don't. Yep. And the city council, uh, whether they know, knew ahead of time or not, they hurt, harm people. Yeah. So I, I, while I don't, while I'm not optimistic Regarding Councillor Shaw, I have hope for the other members of council who were involved in the meeting that they will learn and grow from this. Um, And and I I may be being naive, but I I believe they will. Um, I believe they are going to take the time to learn what they need to learn um, and get a, a greater understanding of when of of what's off topic um 
And that's that partially, you know, does come from there's a new council. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, but uh, one of the things that has been mentioned is that uh, uh, I think his name is John Findura. Uh, he's uh, also he's the city councilor for my area, uh, but he also he was saying similar things to uh, what Tarina Shaw was saying. And he was yeah. of the similar perspective, but he's getting a pass because she was so bad. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I'm pissed at him so, too. So we Sorry. absolutely yeah. got to make, yeah, we have to make sure that we mention that he, Findura was just as bad and is just as wrong as she is, yeah. but just isn't get, just isn't getting the pushback or the. I, I think hers, it was the, it was the comparison to pedophilia that set hers apart. Yeah. That's um, right. And listening issues. to it, like I, when I was listening to it, I was yelling at my car radio so <laughs> i understand how people feel <laughs> you can find us at anchor.fm slash from many peoples our uh twitter is at sk politics pod our facebook is facebook.com slash from many people's strength pod and you can email us at from many peoples at gmail.com or buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash from many peoples thank you for joining me david uh, thank you for organizing everything and having everything so well laid out. I get to just show up and talk. So <laughs> you do all the hard work. I appreciate it. Right on. All right, take care.